0: Hey there, John Morris here, JohnMorrisOnline.com. Welcome back to another episode of the John Morris Show. Happy Friday, by the way. Hopefully you don't have too much going on this weekend, too much work you got to do. And by the way, for those of you watching on YouTube, no, I'm not sick wearing a collared shirt today. I just figured I'd dress up for you a little bit today. So anyway, let's get into... This video, so I got this YouTube comment that I think sums up pretty well the one common argument against Upwork. So I wanted to kind of dive into that today. So the comment says, the problem with Upwork is that they promote abusive clients. All Upwork cares about is the experience of the buyer, in quotes. They don't care being attractive for qualified freelancers. Now, Just to interject here, I actually don't think that's true. They do they absolutely do care about that but they care about it in the context of because they care about the client so we'll get into this in a little bit but they absolutely do want qualified freelancers but it's so that they can make the clients happy and we'll get into why here in just a second so it says they don't care about being attractive for qualified freelancers just protecting the buyer on fixed price projects the buyer only have to pay if she he she is happy with the work they expect you to deliver 100% of the work in advance. Hence, you have same buyer playing dirty by assigning same job to three or more freelancers, making sure the job will be done. Typically, only one is paid, which is unethical. I kind of agree there. You can ask for money in advance, but Upwork advised the buyer not to release any money until they have 100% of their work of the work done. So nobody will accept that. My tactic was to deliver part of the project and ask for some money. Generally, it worked, but every time I suspected a client was not going to pay, I was canceling the project with no cost for the buyer. The problem is Upwork does not like this. It is a bad experience for the client that lost his time, and they would ban you from the site. Upwork stinks. So, yeah. (laughs) That's 100% true. I've, I've seen that. And those clients and those projects absolutely do exist on Upwork. I'm not going to say that they don't. There's no use in denying it. It is absolutely there. But let me give you an opposite example. So I once got hired by a client of Upwork. And the the initial project, I think, was it was just some small update to their site. I think it was the, the header, something with the header graphic and they were having trouble doing it or whatever. It was a WordPress site. And... I went in there and it did require the way they were doing it. It required a little bit of CSS work. And so I went in there and I did it. And I I think it was maybe like a $100 job. It was almost nothing. And I was able to get it done pretty quickly. quickly and they were very happy of, of the way it looked and how I got it done. And so they were really satisfied. And so you know everything was good. And I didn't hear from them for probably about a month. And so it was a month later they came back to me. And this time they wanted a whole new site built and this is when I was doing membership sites and uh, they wanted this membership site built and it turned out that that job ended up being like a three thousand dollar job because that's what I charged at that point uh, for this particular kind of project and so I built that for them they paid it was all great and then they wanted another one and another and eventually they were hiring me so much because there are people out there if you don't know this in the membership space the membership site space they have like 10 20 30 membership sites all and the way they make their money is each membership site is maybe maybe bringing them in 500 or a thousand dollars a month like they're not these huge massive sites so they're just these really small sites that kind of just run themselves and they just have a bunch of them in a bunch of different niches so this was one of those people and they just kept wanting me to build these membership sites so eventually they were hiring me so much that they, were, they finally just asked if they could put me on a retainer and they were paying me several thousand dollars per month just to kind of be on call for any dev stuff that they needed with their sites, build new sites, etc. So I was just basically getting paid to be, be on call. Some months were really busy, some months I did almost nothing. And the guy that I was working with on this, the client, <laughs> the guy was super easy to work with. You know, he ran a bunch of, of sites, so he and he'd hired a bunch of developers in the past, so he kind of had a lot of experience and knew how these things went. He understood scope, and, you know, he was always uh, reasonable, and he understood when, you know, I said, well, this particular thing that you want to do might be a little bit beyond my skill set at this time, so... Either we might want to outsource it or you know it would take me a little bit longer for me to figure out how to do it, etc. He was always super reasonable with, with that kind of stuff, easy to work with, always paid on time, etc. So, and that that client came from Upwork. So those clients exist too. And, and, and the point is, it's not a matter of Upwork being all good or all bad, that there's only good clients or there's only bad clients. That's not the argument that I'm making. And I think oftentimes when you hear these negative comments like this one, that's the picture that they're trying to paint, is that this is just how all of Upwork is. And that is not true at all. There are bad clients on there. There's also really, really good one. It's just, it's kind of a mixed bag with any marketplace like that. That's that big. That's what's going to happen. And as he mentioned in his comment, and I agreed with, they absolutely do cater to the client. Now, the question is why? Why do they cater to the client? Well, the client is the one paying the bill, right? They're paying your bill. They're paying Upwork's bill. They're the ones that have the money. They're paying everybody's bill. So it makes sense that they would cater them. Now, I know that Upwork has, and some of these other sites, they have these kind of membership things where you pay a monthly fee as a freelancer to get... I, I don't know the numbers, but I really doubt that that's how they make the bulk of their money. The bulk of the money they make comes from the fees that they attach to what the client is paying. So they get paid, you get paid, everybody gets paid, because of the client. It's the client's money. So they absolutely do cater to the client. So and, and it makes sense why they would. But if you snap out of this mindset that Upwork is for you, the freelancer, despite whatever their marketing may be, I understand that they try to market themselves that way at times and, and whatever. But if you just forget all that, And you snap out of this mindset that they're there to help you, that it's for you, and understand that it's about the client. And ultimately, anytime you're doing any sort of service work like this, it's going to be about the client. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what the site or... It doesn't matter. It's about the client because they are the one paying the bill. So if you snap out of that mindset and understand it's about the client and you adjust your approach based on knowing that, then you can have a ton of success because you won't expect anything from Upwork. You're not going to expect Upwork to just give you work. You're not going to expect them to be on your side in a, a dispute. Your expectations will actually match what the reality is going to be, and then you can actually start to operate in reality, and you can still have a ton of success on there. You can still tip the scale in your favor and get it... And, and do things yourself to get Upwork to send you to work instead of just send you work, instead of hoping that they're, they're the good guy there to help you and they're just gonna send you work, even though you haven't proven that you're a, a good person or a good freelancer for them to work with. If you, uh, again, if you understand all of that, you can have a ton of success on there. So anyway, getting back to what he was talking about with the different clients and so forth, that's why it's so important to separate the wheat from the chaff, to know how to search for and find and analyze clients and projects so you know that you're working with a good guy, a a good client that's going to pay, that is reasonable, all of those things. Because you can spin yourself silly just bidding on any and every job. If that's the approach you're taking, that's probably why you're so frustrated. You shouldn't be bidding on any and every job. You shouldn't be accepting any client. You, you should have standards, and you shouldn't be des- just desperate for work. Now, you might be desperate for work. Don't get me wrong. I And believe me, I've been there. I, I, I get that what that's like. I understand all of that. But you can't act like you're desperate for work, despite whatever your situation might be you have to have the discipline to separate yourself from that and approach it in a very reasoned uh and systematic way to stack kind of the the odds in your favor so that eventually you aren't desperate you when you are turning down clients it's because you don't want to work with them and you don't need to and you actually reach that point so uh again you can you can do this uh and 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 it's all about not having that desperate mindset, or at least not acting like it. So you can find projects with verified payments, they're on there. You can find projects from clients with a verified history, from uh, clients that have high ratings from the freelancers that they've worked with. All of that stuff is there, you just have to actually do it, you have to actually have those standards, and then know how to search for those things, know how to analyze those things and so forth. So anyway, you guys, I've, we've been talking about this for a while here. So you guys know the drill. I made a video showing you all of this. It's the episode three of my Get Paid to Code training series. And in it, I show you how to sift through all the junk, how to to filter out those clients and, and find the best clients and the best jobs how to break down their job description, how to actually analyze it and pull out the pieces uh, that matter that are going to help you to ultimately write a bid that will be almost impossible for them to ignore. This is one of the unique things that I'm going to show you in there is how to write your bid in such a way that they they feel compelled to respond. It's really simple. It's not some rocket surgery type thing, but just simply doing it will increase the amount of response that you get to your bids and once you can start that conversation then you can then you can kind of work your way in and separate yourself from all the other bid the 30 other bids on the job there because you're having this conversation you're creating a familiarity that they don't have with any of these other uh, people that are bidding and that oftentimes just the conversation Not even necessarily what's said, just the conversation, and you being a normal human being, can can be the difference. So, again, I'm going to show you how to do all that, and it's the type of thing that'll help you put your best foot forward and, and give you the best chance of winning the job. I'm not saying you're going to win every job, but I would guess that you would probably start winning a lot more than you are now doing what you're doing now, especially if you're struggling with this and you're have this kind of negative mindset or, or this, the, like in the comment, if that, if you relate to that, I would guess by changing to what I'm going to show you, you would start winning a lot more jobs and you'd actually have a lot more uh, positive mindset on it. So as I said, we're getting down to the wire on this. The video goes live t- tomorrow, uh, June 3rd. So to get access, you just simply need to become a supporting listener at johnmorrisonline.com slash but be sure and do it now so that you don't miss it when it goes live. Again, that's com slash Patreon. All right, that'll do it for this episode. Again, thanks for watching. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't yet, wherever that button is. And we'll talk to you next time.